Dear Diary, today I interviewed the Mad Ant. He's in his fifth season of being a basketball mascot, and he has some great stories, including some trampoline advice. Take a listen. How long have you been a mascot? <laughs> so I, uh, I am going into my fifth season as the Mad Ant, and then prior to that, I did a couple fill-in gigs. I was actually... When I was a senior in high school, we got our first mascot costume at, at high school, and I got to be the first uh, mascot there. And then I did a couple little like corporate gigs in college just for fun on the side. And then I said, this be the fifth year now of being the Mad Ant. So. Awesome. And why did you want to become a mascot? You know, it, it really was something that I guess I thought of I wanted to do. When I got that opportunity the first time uh, to put a costume on and run around the school and, you know, pick on people and it just, I, I fell in love with it, you know, uh, the anonymity and being able to kind of act out and, uh, and be crazy and not be yourself. And it's, uh, I just, I, I really uh, had so much fun. I fell in love with it. And then I just kept trying to find opportunities to, to do it more and more. And when the, the Mad Ant gig fell into my lap, it was just, uh, it was a blessing. And I've been having a blast ever since. So is this a full-time job or do you have another job on top of this? No, I only I I, uh, I have a full time job in in uh, beyond this. I actually own my own business, so it's nice. I get to have a bit of a flexible schedule uh, that helps with appearances and games. Uh, but no, it's it's almost more of a hobby than uh, than a profession for me at all. I mean, I, I get I get paid to do it, but it's really it's just a side thing for fun. And then for people who don't know your uh, basketball mascot, mm-hmm. yep, yep, basketball. And so basketball like those mascots always fascinate me because i just feel like there's there's so much work that goes into it and like and timing and stuff and i'm not sure if your character involves like the trampoline and everything and and doing those types of stunts but like what are what are some of the skits that that you do yeah it's uh you know i'm personally not a huge basketball fan but i feel like uh, from a mascot's perspective it's one of the best um to be in because you're on stage a lot, you know, it's the arena lends itself really well, where even when I'm not on the court doing a skit or a, you know, something where I'm the center of attention, it's really easy to navigate the crowd. I spend a lot of time, you know, interacting one-on-one with people and taking pictures and stuff. So it's a cool setup where I'm, I can constantly be out there almost for the entire time the game's going on. I, um, I started doing trampoline work last season, uh, and uh, I've been been trying to get better and better at that. And uh, so that's kind of a a newer thing for me, but I really enjoy doing the acrobatic stuff and more gymnastics. Most of the skits that I do and kind of the um, personality, I guess, that I've developed for the Mad Ants is uh, is kind of around this um, kind of goofy, uh, mischievous character where I like to steal things from people. You know, I like to take shoes from kids in the crowd or take a hat off somebody, you know, pick on them a little bit, but then, uh, always end up being the butt of the joke. So, you know, whether it's tripping and falling over something or, uh, whatever it may be, I try and, uh, I kind of have this balance of being, uh, starting trouble with people and then ending with me being the person that gets, uh, that gets picked on a little bit, you know, starting, uh, I might silly string, uh, a couple kids or something, but, uh, somehow they end up with the silly string can and then I get, I get covered in silly string before it's all said and done. So yeah, it's, it's cool. I kind of get to do a little bit of all that stuff up in the crowd. Oh yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and 
I mean, you talk about being flexible with with your job as as well as, you know, I'm, there's always games. But do you do a lot of appearances out in the community? Not a bunch. I'd like to do more. Um, I try and do whenever we've got one. If I'm available for it or I can be available, I try and be there. There's a handful of them that we do, the school appearances or stuff. Where I'm lucky that the organization will have an intern or somebody else in the office hop into the suit for the day and help me out. Um, I probably do a couple dozen additional appearances on top of all the home games. If it's something major like a parade or uh, we do a couple uh, basketball fundraisers with local sports teams and stuff, I try and make sure I can be there for that stuff. But there's, there's also ones where, you know, you're showing up at a grand opening to a business and they just want somebody to take pictures. And I, you know, it's, it's a half an hour, an hour in the middle of a, of a work day. It's just tough sometimes to make those happen. So, but uh, probably besides the home games, maybe, 15 to 25 additional appearances a year. And then do you have a handler at games or whether you go out into the community? Uh, typically, if we're off site somewhere, uh, I'll at least have one person from the office with me uh, that, that kind of knows uh, what to look out for to show me where I can step aside and catch a break or, you know, uh, bring a bottle of water, something like that. During games, I don't have someone that necessarily tails me. I have, um, there's a couple game day operations people that are on the court or they're located at one of the ends that if I need something, I, they keep it, they try to keep an eye on me or I can flag them down and get something. But once you get up in the crowd, you're kind of on your own, which more than once or twice is, is maybe cause some problems, you know, get to uh, get surrounded by a bunch of rule unruly kids and uh, in cornered and, and kind of get trapped there for a while. So you get creative on how to get out of those situations. But, uh, but you know, that's all part of the, uh, part of the, the job, I suppose. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. those crazy kids. I think I feel like I'll, I'll save that. I, I do want to ask about, you know, the unsupervised people and maybe the drunk people. But I, yeah. I want to get back to the trampoline because honestly, the basketball mascots are so unwilling to talk. So I was really excited to, to talk to someone. I talked to a former yeah. NBA uh, mascot and and he kind of talked about like the training that went into it. But I just that was a while ago. So I really just wanted to ask about the training that went sure. into the trampoline and the gymnastics part of it. How did that even start where you said you, you just brought that in maybe about a year ago where you started working on yeah, the trampoline? You, sure. Yeah, we are. Um, we're affiliated with the Pacers. And uh, Boomer has always been a mascot that I looked up to. I mean, um, always stealing ideas and skits from him. And, uh, and Boomer, I think, is one of the best uh, trampoline mascots. So just wanting to be more and more like that, I just kept begging year after year, asking the organization, like, hey, if there's money in the budget, I'd love to try a trampoline out, having never in my life ever dunked off of a trampoline before. So uh, finally last year, they uh, – the Pacers donated to us their landing mats. So all we had to buy was the trampoline. The organization said, let's do it. Nice. Uh, went out and bought a trampoline. And, and, and honestly, the first couple of times, it was just um, stupidity, I guess. I just ran as fast as I could as a trampoline and jumped and hoped I didn't kill myself. And uh, maybe not the most educated way to go about training. But uh, I tried to get out maybe three times a week and just practice in our in our facility and, and work on the trampoline and and honestly it was way less about how to hit the trampoline right as it was trying to land right because i i rarely injured myself at the takeoff it was usually landing wrong or you know and and uh, there were a couple injuries but i had nothing super major but some good bruises or a sprained ankle here or there just not knowing what to do but over a season it's gotten better and uh 
I feel like I've improved. I'm starting to do some more tricks instead of just hitting the trampoline and, and doing a standard dunk where I'm trying to go between my legs or do a 360. I played around with doing some flips. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. It's definitely been a, a nerve wracking thing. I remember very distinctly last year, you know, uh, so we get the trampoline maybe a month before the season. So I had probably eight or 10 times I got to practice on it, but then you got opening night, there's 8,000 people in the, in the crowd. And, uh, you know, for the first time I'm, we're going to try this in front of people, you know? And so we decided that for that night, for my intro, that would be what I, I would do. They would go black in the arena as the lights would come on, they would announce the mad ant. I come running out and hit a, hit a slam dunk. And that would be, that would be it. Now we're off and running. So obviously didn't, did not want to miss the first one. That would have been pretty embarrassing. So, uh, was lucky enough. I hit that one and, uh, and we've been kind of running ever since I have missed quite a few, which that's always an embarrassing moment. But again, the beautiful thing about being a mascot is even when you make mistakes and stuff, you just turn it into a joke. You know, you, you trip over yourself or you, you lay on the court and just act like you're unconscious for a few seconds, something goofy like that. And you're, the crowd seems to almost instantly forgive you. You know, you go from, Oh, you messed up to always, oh, he's a big goof. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but I mean, props to you for, for trying that out and, you know, for even asking it. I feel like I thought like maybe it was coming from, you know, higher up or like, mm-hmm. hey, like you need to work on the trampoline now. But yeah, that's that's awesome that that you were asking for that. Have you reached out to Boomer? Like, was he available to ask questions or reach out to for advice? Yeah, yeah, he actually they um he comes down once or twice a year and they do a game with uh, comes up. Uh, to our arena and they do a game with us and then last year I got to go down and do a game uh, with them as well and he's even invited me in non-game days to come down to practice with them and stuff so no they've been they're an awesome organization to work with and uh and yeah they've been really gracious in the whole thing I said usually uh, at least with me that's how most of these things go is I ask for all these crazy stunts and things that I want to do and normally I'm told no you know for safety reasons I'm, I'm willing to honestly do anything they'll let me do but uh but it's very rare that they say, yeah, let's go for it. And when they bought the trampoline, I thought, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I take advantage and do as good as I can. So. Oh, but that's awesome that, you know, you got the mat donated. You're like halfway there. So. Oh yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much trampolines run or how much mat runs, mats run. I'm pretty sure they're expensive, but. I don't know what the budget was. I'm just glad I got one. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You talked about how like you're, schedule is pretty flexible for work. And, and so I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like that's how you balance everything. Other people that I talk to don't, it's just scheduling and their bosses are very understanding to their, their schedule as a mascot mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. Is, is there any advice you want to give for, for balancing schedules? <laughs> Man, I, I wish, I honestly wish that I was better at it. You know, it's, I'm lucky with the, the career that I have. But, you know, in addition to that, I got a wife and, and two young girls, two daughters, and uh, it's tough, you know, especially on weeknight games when it's uh, it's time for baths and stories and I got to go, you know, put on a costume and dance around like a fool for a few hours to not be home with the kids. So it's it's a, it's a balancing act, you know, and I, I guess right now at the point I'm at in my life, I still love doing it enough that it's worth the sacrifice and, and hopefully it stays that way. I guess if I ever get to the point where, I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm letting home down or I'm letting work down to do my mascot deal. That'd probably be when I, when I put the, you know, 
take the shoes off and, and call it a day. But right now it's just, it's making sure that I got time to lend to all those things and, uh, and I'm loving it. I mean, it's, it's one of the best jobs in the world. And you mentioned kids. So do your kids know that you're a mascot or no? Oh yeah. So I've, I've got a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old. And um, one of the, in my opinion, at least the best part of being a mascot is the anonymity is people not knowing who the guy is behind the mask, because as soon as people know it's you, you know, you don't feel like you can do everything. You can't be comfortable in that suit. So, uh, but I wanted my, I wanted my daughters to be comfortable with knowing that it's, it's okay. It's not a scary figure. It's just a guy in a costume. And uh, so I, they, they know for sure. My three-year-old especially loves the mad aunt, which is awesome for me that she, that she recognizes and likes the costume and knows that it's dead. However, now that she's three and she's starting to understand more and she can talk more, she's telling everybody my secret. Uh, so, you know, yeah. uh, I'm, I dropped her off at preschool the other day, in fact, and as she's getting out of the car, she's telling her teacher, hey, my dad's the mad aunt, just out of, out of the blue nowhere. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, oh, it's awesome to have that, that she's my, my biggest fan. And uh, I guess this year we'll work on, on keeping secrets about, uh, about daddy's <laughs> secret identity. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. I It's always funny to hear, like, whether people tell their kids or whether they keep it a secret, how they tell their kids, like maybe they've waited a while. So that's awesome. (laughs) Well, I, a a few years ago, I was nominated by the bleacher report as the creepiest mascot in sports. And, uh, and so it it is the costume, at least the, so I have a new costume this year, which would be a whole new experience, but the costume of of previous years, young children either loved the ant or they were scared to death of me. And I wanted to make sure, especially my kids weren't afraid of me. You know, I didn't want, uh, I didn't want that, that reaction where they saw the costume and panic. So I made sure that they saw the suit without me in it and they saw me putting it on and they got to know it was okay. It's just daddy. And, and uh, it worked out really well, but uh, yeah, yeah. I want to keep them in the loop. And I don't want to say anything about the costume, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> I love all mascots. It's not about how your costume looks. It's how you bring it to life and everything. So Absolutely. I know some really odd looking mascots, but I love them. They're <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> this is, this is going to honestly, it's going to be a weird year for me because I understand the idea of the new costume. We're trying to make it a little more family friendly and not so creepy and scary. Uh, and it, I love the new costume. I love the new look. But I developed over the last you know, four years this personality around the costume. It almost feels like somehow I've got I've to change the personality a little bit with the suit. So I'm, I'm hoping we start our season actually next week. So I'm hoping that uh, as, it just, as the games flow, that, that personality will develop you know, organically and, uh, and it'll be okay. But it just it feels strange now, if that makes any sense. It feels like I'm, I'm not in my normal uh, element. So. No, yeah, I think you'll just, I don't know, have to get used to it. And as long as you yeah. move well in it, as long as it doesn't affect like you doing your stunts and everything. So I feel like that's right, the right. important key. Like if it was a different type of helmet or something, or maybe a different size, like I feel like that would be the biggest challenge. Yeah, the, the, the head's about three times as big as it used to be. And that was part of it was the head kind of seems small in the body and they thought it'd be more comical to be bigger. So oh, it's, wow. it's definitely, it feels different. It definitely feels different, but it's not impeding. I know a lot of the other mascots that I've gotten to work with or talk to, and they've got these huge, you know, uh, there's a lot of extra material in the big suit and they just not a lot of motion. And I'm, I'm really fortunate that mine's a very tight body suit. So I have a, a free range of motion and I can use my arms and legs. So I think, uh, I think all in all, I'm still very lucky. It's just, it's definitely a, something new. Oh Yeah. 
And you talked about, you know, getting to work on the trampolines at least three times mm -hmm. a week. I mean, I feel like the basketball mascots, I mean, no offense to like any of the mascots, but I really do feel like the basketball mascots, if you're doing trampoline work, like if you're doing, if you're a mascot and you're doing any type of gymnastics, like you're the one that's like got to stay fit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's a little bit tougher mm -hmm. on people. So do you want to talk, I mean, about like your workout schedule or just any advice to people who are maybe trying to do add gymnastics and sure. trampoline work? Yeah, you know, honestly, that that's been a hard thing for me is uh, is injuries. I'm not a I'm not a spring sick, and I'm in my 30s, and uh, and you get beat up. I mean, I've got all kinds of bangs and bruises, and my big one last year, I dislocated my shoulder during a game. So you know, you try. I do um, I'm a, I do competitive CrossFit as a hobby on the side. So I'm in the gym five or six days a week working out, and I spend a ton of time working on flexibility and mobility and. Uh, Agil you know, agility movements, trying to make sure that I can jump and bind and turn quickly because especially, I mean, going up and down stairs and over obstacles and you just, you trip over things. You can't see, you're basically running around this complicated arena full of people blind. So, um, so that, that stuff just happens naturally. So I think you do as much as you can to avoid it. You know, a lot of stretching to make sure that if, if I can do anything to avoid an injury, injury, I'm going to, but at the same time, some of that stuff just happens and there's nothing nothing that you can really do about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, life happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, w I guess we'll get into it. So how do you deal with the unsupervised children, The uh, maybe the drunks or maybe the crazy women? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny. I get probably more of the unruly children than anything. And I don't know if that's indicative of just our area and our fans, if it's basketball. I mean, every now and then I, I'll get a drunk. But for the most part, um, they want to high five and a hug more than they want to pick on pick on me or, you know, be malicious and hurt me. Whereas you'll get these teams of, you know, eight and 10 year olds that for some reason they see a giant ant and they just they feel like they need to squash it or something, you know. So you try and um I think I, I at least try and, and move quickly through those scenarios. When I find myself being surrounded by a group like that, I'll, uh, I'll just dart. I'll find a way out, whether it's jumping over a couple rows of seats or, you know, jumping over a railing down to the next level or something to get away. I think I, I try and use the parents a lot too. I and mean, most parents, if they see their kids being abusive, will, will do something. And, uh, and, you know, last thing I do, if, if the kid's really being aggressive, I'll just, you know, pick them up and, and tease them a little, flip them upside down or something. It's funny, his friends uh, leave you alone when you, when you pull their shirt up over their head or I steal their shoes or, you know, something to, uh, to distract away from this need to, to kick and punch this giant stuffed creature, you know. So, but but it, it happens. Almost every game there's at least one group that, um, that'll get you cornered and they just – they're out for blood, you know, so you, uh, you just try and avoid those groups. 99% of the people you interact with, they want a picture or a signature and a high five. And they're just happy to see it's just the 1% that, that you got to be careful of. Yeah. <laughs> Do any stories come to mind? I mean, and it doesn't have to be kids. It could be like, like I said, like drunks or, or women, like, <laughs> you know, you know, the one that surprises me the most is there, I get a handful of women a year that like hit on the mascot, like, like asking for, or giving me a number or, uh, or just saying things that are generally inappropriate. And all I can think is, you know, they have no idea who's on the other side of this uh, mask, what I could look like or be like, they've got no reference to, to age or appearances. I, so I don't quite understand that one, but, but there's a couple, I've had a, a handful that have, 
that have offered to meet me after the game or uh, or tried to slip a phone number in my in my jersey and so <laughs> what are you what are you doing you know man that's funny i mean i don't know i just like i feel like maybe they they just like like a goofy guy you know what i mean and and maybe they don't care like what you look like but it's that uh, that goofiness that they're attracted to i don't know but yeah it, it could be it's funny yeah and it's funny because no one's ever one other person has mentioned like actual digits i mean we've talked about many appropriate things that have been whispered in mascot's ears but no one ever really mm-hmm. talked about numbers until um a few episodes ago yeah so i so i'm glad to to hear because i thought like that I was like man that that when i first started this podcast i was like that's gonna come up all the time right these like crazy women that are just trying to get get with mascots and stuff i don't know like that yeah, was the yeah. first thing that came to mind for me and then like it never yeah. came up and it took like 40 something episodes and i was like or 30 something and i was like what so yeah i'm I'm glad that this is coming up more often now yeah i i, I definitely had a group of uh i think it was three girls and you know they wanted a picture so you, i sat down in, in between them and uh, somebody popped a selfie and uh, one of the girls whispered something that was generally inappropriate about uh, getting together after and then put a phone number un- between the jersey and my costume. And, you know, there's not much feeling there because it's I got an inch, two inches of padding. So I didn't even realize it until <laughs> after the game. And I'm taking everything off and this piece of paper with a name and a phone number fell out. Of my- <laughs> That's uh, who's picking up a mascot. I mean, <laughs> I just uh, couldn't believe it that's funny <laughs> backtracking a little bit about the kids like you're talking about jumping over rails and stuff what would you say is the most daring thing that you've done in the suit um i, I do a lot of uh falls you know i like uh slide down a railing and instead of landing on my feet intentionally flip over and land you know flat on my back or or jump off of uh, a railing that may be 15 foot down to the next level um and, and try and land it uh, nothing uh, I'm pretty restricted on. I've asked, I talked about asking for the permission to do some stunts. I wanted to, um, to repel off the, the ceiling into the arena one time and they, they wouldn't let us do that. And I tried to get them to let me, um, what's the word, ride like a, um, a line in, basically slide in on a, on a line down to the core. That, that got turned down too. So most of it's little stunts. I did uh, I said, talk about some injuries. I had um, my worst one was last year. I dislocated my shoulder doing a limbo stick of all things, which would seem like the most undangerous activity to do limboing. But, um, but I attempted to jump over a limbo stick instead of go under it. And when I landed, I landed kind of on my side of my neck on my shoulder and popped my shoulder out of place in doing so. So um, wasn't thought to be the most dangerous thing when I left the ground, but ended up being the worst thing that I've done so far. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, how did you end yourself? And then you tell that story and you're like, what? Like, yeah. yeah so, so when I, when I was at the hospital, what did you do? Oh, I was limboing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's extreme limbo, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any regrets like that being said? I mean, any regrets as a mascot? Um, you know, the first year that I did it, I was not physically in good enough shape and I totally underestimated the factor of running around and limited oxygen and heat. And I, I had the first like six games of the season. I literally would lay on the floor in the dressing room at halftime and just pray feeling like I was dying. You know, I just, uh, I just dehydration and sick to my stomach and completely unprepared for that. So 
I have over the last four years kind of worked into a routine now where I drink copious amounts of water on game day. And I always have a fairly large meal right like an hour before the game, because if I don't have a lot of calories in me, I'll work myself down to where I get so sick and, and weak. So I, and, and working out, you know, just um, running a bunch and preparing for the fact that I wore a, uh, a Fitbit a couple times just out of curiosity to see how far I go and how many calories I burn during a game. And uh, on an average game, I was doing something like 8.9 miles of walking. So, and, and that's up and down stairs in, in essentially layers and layers of, of hot soup. So I think the only regret I had was not preparing for that first season. I really, I reached a point where I kept thinking, I don't know if I want to do this. You know, this is a lot, this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. But once I got that routine and I got in a little bit better shape and I started to understand when I could really run and when I needed to maybe step backstage and take a breather and relax, then I, I fell into a stride. And now it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's way easier than it used to be. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like if I, if I do want to do any mascot work, I mean, not that there's a lot over here, like I would definitely have to step up my workout game, but right now, like I don't have time for anything extra <laughs> work. Like both <laughs> jobs are like killing me right now, but I know like everyone always mentions this and I was like, man, I got to get my butt into shape, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the, in the eating, the eating and drink, especially the eating thing. Cause I would go, I always thought, okay, I'm going to be running a bunch. I'm, I don't want a bunch of food in my stomach, but you know, I try and eat something that makes sense, very carb heavy. I'll have something like a, like a big sandwich or, a, you know, a, a multi-layered peanut butter and jelly sandwich, something to get some, some fats and some carbs into my system before a game. Because if I'm hungry at all before the game starts, three hours after that, I'm just going to be miserably sick from being so hungry. So. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was, I was doing a mascot gig for a few weeks ago for a friend, like at a fall festival. And it, it was a crazy day at the full-time job and I didn't really, I was, I brought water, but I didn't really get a chance to drink it all or eat anything. So I was kind of, and plus I was sick. Like, oh. so, like I was really feeling it and I was, this is the longest that I've ever like been in the suit. And so, yeah, I was like, oh my God, like this is not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I kept like going like for breaks to get water because I was just like trying to get it like in because I didn't think I was going to sweat that bad. It was, it was, it had actually cooled down at that point. So I was like, oh, okay, like I'll be like fine. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, Especially like an offsite event like that where you don't have a safe place, you know, that you know you can go behind scenes and, and take your head off and, and catch a breather. I mean, games are easy because I know if I'm starting to get to that point, I know right where my locker room is at and I can just go hide for a minute. I take a big fan, uh, like a floor fan that I'll just sit on the ground in front of and kind of cool off. But, but yeah, I've done the same thing at like a parade or something where you, know, you try and prepare for it, but hey, you're going to be two hours before you get to come out of this suit at all. So you, know, you just, try not to die <laughs> no yeah definitely so would you say that your personality matches or i mean you talked about like building up the character so like what what would you say like your personality matches the characters or it's a total different personality no i i am i am so completely different i am very uncomfortable uh in front of people doing anything goofy at all like i would never be a person to get up and dance at a, at a group of, even with a group of people that I know, it's just not, I mean, maybe with a couple of drinks or something, but very rarely am I the, the center of attention. But, and, I, and I, I really can't explain this, but for some reason you put that costume on and as soon as the head goes on and I just have, 
I have no problem standing in the middle of a court in front of thousands of people and, and just making a complete fool out of myself. It just, I, I don't know if you don't, I don't feel the eyes of everybody or I, I feel disconnected from it. But, uh, but the few people in my life that I have told that I'm, that I'm that mask, I just like, can't believe it at all because it's so contrary to my personality. But, uh, but I think that's part of why I like it so much. It's almost that, you know, a release, like you get to put on, a suit and be something else for a few hours. It feels like being a superhero, you know? No, yeah, definitely. And I've, I've talked about this before. Like I'm, I'm a teacher and uh, I also work for a city. So I feel like I'm always just like trying to please and just not so much that it's, it's fake, but it's just always like, Oh yes, of course. Uh -huh, and yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you're just, I mean, it's community service. Like you're serving the community, like whether you're a teacher, whether you're with the city. So like when I get home, like, I don't want to do any of that. Like, I don't want to be nice. I don't want to be like, I just, yeah. yeah, like it is really like a release from like just always being like on your toes, I guess, and, and trying to please people. Yeah. Like if that's what field you're in. So, yeah. <laughs> right. And the, I think the only bad thing about it is, is there isn't really any, there's, there's not a, um, I wouldn't say it's thankless because people constantly thank you and they love you stuff, but they don't really love you. You know what I mean? They love the <laughs> yeah. costume. And even like my, my daughter, again, knowing I'm the mad aunt, when we're driving down the road and she'll see a big banner on the wall on the on a billboard or something, it's like, Daddy, that's you. But, you know, she's the only one that knows that. It's not like I can, you know, puff my chest. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm the mascot. Because at the same time, what would give you that uh, that satisfaction and that credit would also diminish the that that secret that you have. So it's, it's a it's like almost catch 22 in that way. No, yeah, it's tough. I I'm not sure like if I could like keep a secret like that. I don't know. I I just feel like it's tough. Like you always you would think that people would want that credit, but at the same time, it's like yeah, it's tough. Like where do you draw the line and stuff? Right. So yeah, like oh, as a, as a teacher, like it'd be cool to go in class and like, you'd think like oh the, oh man, you're that you're that person, you're that character. But at the same time, you almost don't want them to know that you're that character. It would it would ruin the the specialness of being able to be somebody else. So. Yeah, and just like the mystery, like behind it, like I when I was in the school, oh my god, like I I had this was just my friend's school, it wasn't a school that like I was a teacher at or anything. So right. it was I got like, are you Mister So and So? And I was like, man, Mister So and So must be really <laughs> short because I am like five four. And they're like, are you Mister So and So? Are you Mister So and So? Like who's in there? And I'm like, and, and I was like, I don't know, like yeah like trying not to say anything but it's yeah that's it's funny. pretty funny just to keep them guessing like yeah especially absolutely. if it's a small community community like that so yep yep absolutely is there anything else you want to add before i go into my closing questions <laughs> uh i don't i don't know no, i guess i really i have listened to a handful of uh, of your episodes and it's so nice i think one of the hardest things for me is there's not a lot of material uh, to talk to other people about, you know, am I doing this right? Am I doing it wrong? So it's cool to hear stories from other people that are doing the same thing. I mean, there's not like a, a how-to guide uh, for being a mascot. So, you know, you, you put on the suit and you just kind of hope whatever you're doing is translating well to the audience on the other side. Um, and, and I mean, to be honest, I think all of us, to some extent, steal ideas from each other. Um, I heard a quote one time, it's one of my favorite quotes, is that, creativity is the art of concealing your source. So I think, you know, you have to look at the other mascots and find people like, like I said, Boomer has always been one that I've really uh, looked up to. And I think that he does a fantastic job. 
Benny the Bull is another one that I've had a chance to work with once or twice. And that guy is just, he's amazing and does some really awesome creative things. So it's, you know, I just, I try and find as much resources and people that I can talk to and get ideas from and just and hope, hope you're doing a good job, you know? No. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. Like I'm, that's why I started this, this project and I, I still like get people to tell me like I've reached out and I still can't get people. And I'm like, here I am telling them that like I'm a, a mascot and I was like, well, you gotta like reach out to the people that you hear like other yeah. mascots reaching out to on the show. Like, I don't know. I was like, whoever you're reaching out to is not, <laughs> is not responding. <laughs> right. So, I mean, just forget them and move yeah. on, you know? So yeah, yeah like yeah. just, I mean, that's why I started this. Like, I wanted to hear stories, but I also wanted to like shed light on everything that happens, good, bad, and everything. And and then it just became this like advice mat, this advice podcast, I guess, for mascots, which is cool too. Like, so, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I I, I had an incident one night on a really big game, and uh, we did this con this contest at the first quarter break. So it's early on, and everybody's still in their seats, and we did this race with dads pulling little kids on towels you know like racing yeah and uh and i accidentally when trying to inhibit the race and just be comical on the stage i end up knocking one of the kids over and he just lays in the center of the court crying and i mean everybody is just booing me for you know i just made this little kid cry in front of thousands of people and they just felt miserable about it and i remember it was probably a month later doing a game with, uh, with another mascot and I'm telling the story and he goes, Oh, I, you know, I, I had the exact same thing. It's happened to everybody. It's like, Oh, it's nice. No, I'm not the only person that's made a kid cry in front of thousands of people. You know, it's just that, that goes with the territory. You're going to make mistakes and do stuff like that. So, but it's nice to have resources to tell you it's, it's okay. It happens to everybody. Yeah. So what is the hardest part about mascotting? Hardest part. I think for me, the hardest part is trying to be constantly creative. Like I, I feel like game after game, I'm, I get into a routine of doing the same thing and I just don't want to be stagnant. I know a lot of the people that come to the game, it might be their one or two games a year that they go to, but at the same time, you got all those season ticket holders that are seeing you, you know, every week or twice a week. And it's, it's finding that new material, new ideas, because it's so easy for me to just get comfortable and be like, okay, I'm going to do this game and then I'm going to go find a kid and hit him with silly string. And then I'm going to go to popcorn on somebody and I'm going to do these 10 things tonight. But I, I don't want to do that. I want every week to be a little, a little different, every game to do something a little different. And man, it is hard uh, for me at least to come up with material constantly. And uh, a lot of it ends up being just kind of flowing with the moment, you know, something, something happens. Um, uh, I had a game where this kid started screaming. And so somehow it became a game where every time I would point at him, he would scream. So literally for the rest of the night, wherever I was, I would find him and point at him and he would scream from the stands and it became this joke. And it was awesome. I wish I could do that every week. It just happened that we happened that night organically. So for me, it's, it's being creative. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hide it. I, I watch videos and get ideas from all different mascots and different, um, sports and, and try and find ways to, to do similar things to, to in my own, uh, in my own games, in my own personality. Cause it's just hard to come up with stuff all the time. Do you have like the regular fans? Like, do you recognize anyone or does anyone like think like, Oh, like I've got this guy figured out. I see him all the time or anything like that. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I, you know, there's, there's a big group and, and they're awesome. I mean, they really are one of the, one of the parts that's the most rewarding about this is that group of, for me, it's probably maybe 25 or 30 people that I see almost every game. And they, they're like waiting for you to come see them. You know, even if I miss them or, or, you know, they weren't at a game, the first thing they say is, Hey, you didn't come see us last time. Where were you? You know, or, or something like that. So yeah, there's definitely that group that sees you all time. And in fact, it's funny, right before you called, I, I had um, stopped at the bank to make a deposit and I saw one of my regulars in front of me in line. And it's, it's funny. It's like, I know that guy, but he doesn't know me. You know, that's, that's one of my, I see him, I see him, you know, 30, 40 times a year. He, he has no idea who I am. So. Oh man, I would mess with people and wave. I would just be like, Hey, see you at the game and be like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So those, those people are awesome. But okay. So what is the best part about mascotting? For me, it's it's being somebody else. I I like a superhero is the best way to equate it because there is nowhere else that I can go where for three hours there are thousands of people that want to take a picture with me and they want my autograph. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's I, I could never reach that level of stardom in, in my in my life, but I get to a, a bunch of times a year put on this costume. Everybody wants to take a picture with me. Everybody wants to say hi to me and get a high five, and it's it's this awesome, gratifying feeling to be a superhero for a few hours uh, a night. So that, that is the best for me is that, that, that feeling. And you talked about Boomer being an inspiration and Benny the Bull. Is there anyone else that, mm-hmm. you know, you looked up to? Uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of guys. Um, I watch a lot, of, a lot of different mascots. I try and watch a lot of NBA just because, they're, you know, things equate the Coyote uh, from the, the Spurs and uh, – and I mean, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name now, but from the Orlando Magic, he's awesome. He does a lot of uh, a lot of amazing stuff. So I try I try and watch videos from all different mascots and uh, and just try and get ideas and memorize. But, but fortunately for me, where I'm at, I've actually got to work with Benny and work with Boomer, and those guys are just so awesome. I mean, they're they're at a completely different level than I am, and every time they come they welcome me and let me be a part of the act and be right in the midst of it. Like, uh, like I'm one of their best friends. So it's, it's so cool to work with those guys. It's just cool to hear the behind the scenes stuff. And, and when it's positive, like, yeah, like I, I really dig that stuff and just like being supportive and stuff. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been fortunate. I really have not had any mascots that I've worked with that have been difficult or closed off. Like all of them have just been really welcoming and, you know, sharing ideas and, and sit backstage and kind of game plan how we're going to do a game. And, and everybody I've worked with has been. So maybe, maybe I'm just lucky in that regard, but it's it, that has definitely made it a lot easier. Yeah. And I just, I want to thank you. Uh, you've had some great advice. I mean, a lot of topics that I haven't really touched on a lot. Or is there anything else that you want to say, like advice-wise to people that are trying to pursue a career as a mascot? I, I know I'd say if, if you're really interested, just find, you know, find a way. I, um, like I said, I got to do it in high school kind of randomly. I forced myself into gigs or opportunities in college. I just asked around until I got a chance. And then um, with the Mad Ants, honestly, I went to a game as a, as a spectator. And I said, hey, I went and I found people in the organization. I said, if you ever need a fill-in for a day, I have been dying to try this. And uh, I got to do one or two games as a fill-in that year. The next year, they held an open tryout when the, the guy that was doing it prior to me moved on. I went to the tryout and uh, and got the gig. And so I, I think if it's something you're interested in, go for it. You know, just 
just find a find an organization, find a team, and and just uh, try and find a way in because it really is such a rewarding, fun thing to do. I wish I wish I could do it more, honestly. Oh yeah, and then do you have any shout outs? Shout outs to anyone in the world? <laughs> um, I I give a big shout out to my my wife. She puts up. I said the balancing act of time is tough, and uh, and I go away for a lot of nights. Right, I said right when it's time for baths and bed and all the work that goes into getting kids ready and. And she puts up with that so I can go live a dream and have fun. So a uh, big shout out to her for uh, for letting me do this and helping me with it. Oh, yeah. Um, that's great. I always appreciate like the the wives and stuff because, I mean, if you listen, I forgot what episode, but the one with Wolfie where his wife like cleaned and ironed his like suit like and he was <laughs> a mascot for like over 20 years. I was like, oh, my wow. gosh, like. That's, That's dedication right there. So always shout out to the wives that put up with the Absolutely. stinky suits in the house and the kids, you know, because yep. you're missing time with them. But I mean, it was, it's also very rewarding, you know, when they get to see you in the suit and stuff. And it's it's awesome. Absolutely. Too. So, yep. Yep. but thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for your time. And um, I really appreciate, you know, you you doing this interview and just, you know, giving out all this information and just sharing your story. So thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you. I said, I, I, I'm a person that desperately looks for resources and your show and what you do is, is been an awesome one. So I, I appreciate you uh, reaching out to mascots and taking the time to gather all the info up because it's definitely valuable. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and that was it for episode number 44. I have 48 recorded, you guys. Yay. And those last two aren't going to be recorded until my break because work is insane right now. I have some really high profile meetings and no nails. Like <laughs> I'm a nail biter when I get stressed and work has been crazy. And ugh. I just want to touch on a few things. I never assume that the person I'm talking to has listened to this show before like so that's why I repeat a lot of things because it's the first time it's usually like the first time that I'm talking to this person besides a few emails back and forth yeah I just don't want to assume that they've listened to the podcast before some of them haven't and that's fine like not I understand not everyone's a podcaster or listens to podcasts and that is why I try to keep this podcast under an hour for you for me for everyone like I used to listen to podcasts but if your podcast was over an hour, like, no, no, you are off my my list. <laughs> um, I made it to 41 states, you guys. Yay. And I got to see Kingston the other day. I posted about that or I posted a few videos of him. Kingston is always nice to see. I think he remembers me or he, they just tell whoever's in the suit like, hey, there's this weird lady that's going to be there in a white beanie that she made <laughs> of your face. So... <laughs> and if she pulls out a ring you know like a big mascot ring you know that's her for sure so be nice to her <laughs> so yeah um got to see kingston and hopefully i'll get to see cosmo and chuck and bailey i forgot what was on that list but all the local mascots are gonna be at uh the ucla basketball game which was yesterday. So I might have posted about it already, but I don't know. We'll see how my schedule goes. My producer gave me the okay. So can't bother that guy with too much mascot stuff. Then he starts to get mad. Like, oh, we do mascot stuff. Stupid mascot diaries. <laughs> Only uh, six more. Six more. <laughs> but if you would like to follow me on any social media accounts, uh, it's mascot diaries on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. 
I haven't posted much on Facebook. I'm not going to lie. I freaking don't go on Facebook. So Twitter and Instagram is where it's at. And I think that's it. I want to thank you again for listening. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. And take care.